It's Tuesday, October 6th, and guess what? You're listening to a brand new episode of the Julian Dion Comedy Hour podcast. On today's episode, episode one of my favorites, good friend and comedian Erica Sigurdsson dropped by Lemon Press Studios, and it starts now. Shit. Here we are, coming at you from Lemon Press Studios in the Distillery District, downtown Toronto. Hi. Hi, hi, hi. You're listening to a brand new episode of the Julian Dion. Why am I repeating it? You heard that off the top. It's Tuesday, October 6th. My guest today, comedian, uh, writer, television writer, Erica Sigurdsson, one of my faves. She's a dear friend. She's extremely talented. She's so funny. And she's and normal. She's one of the, again, again and again. This seems as to be normal the normal podcast. Gets, well, that's arguable. Uh, but. I just tend to gravitate towards <laughs> normal dearly, people Sigurdsson. in the business. Drops by Lemon Press Studios. It's Tuesday, October 6th. And we actually had this conversation on Sunday, October 4th, which, guess what, was my birthday. That's right. 32 years old, and I'm sitting in studio talking to Erica, and it was a fun fun episode. She lives in Toronto and doesn't anyway, come again, here I love episodes that often, so we get to hang out once, twice, I get to hang out with a friend for an year, hour, we're lucky this year, do our damn best to entertain her. Well, actually, bunch. we don't need really too just much. Try dial it just back, hang out. If, if you want to listen to it, do it. If you Stay don't, on the West Coast turn for a little it the bit. fuck off. Phil. Right now. Turn it off. Her and JP, uh, okay. JP Mass. Thanks to everyone com- for the birthday wishes that came through Facebook. Her husband. Nice, but easy. Shout out. I appreciate everybody's uh, re- everybody reaching out. I love getting phone calls or me- emails or even a Facebook message. The wall seems, not that I don't appreciate every, everyone, but you get a notification. Hey, it's Julian Dion's birthday and you write on it. I do appreciate it, but come on, make a little more effort. If you're listening to this and you just posted on my wall, try a little harder. <laughs> Uh, I hate technology. I hate my phone. I hate everything about it. It's it's become too much. We're so inundated with it. We just we're glued to our phones and our Facebook and our Instagram and our Twitter, and we're just constantly preoccupied by what's happening online. It makes social media, but it's make it makes you antisocial. And now our devices have turned on us. They uh, they rat us out. If you open a message, it'll tell the other person he read it. By the way, he read it. What if I panned when I did that? Hold on. Your your machine, uh, your phone rats you out. It it tells your friend you read it. <laughs> does that work? Does do does that change the effect? Not really. You get the gist of it. And then unless you know too that it told your friend that you read the message. I told them by the way that you read this at 10:36, so you should probably reply to the message. 
<laughs> and as always, I'm joined in the studio by my man, Serge Belivo. He's here. Say a little something. Belivo? Yeah, Belivo. You better believe that. No, it's like believe it or not. Believe right. it or not, you know? Yeah, that's what I was doing. A play on words. Playing. Yeah, but you're, you, you, ain't, you ain't playing like that shit like our fucking college goddamn professor. He knew how to play that shit. Even though he looked so nasty, like with his crooked face and shit, the guy knew how to fucking play some funny In case shit. he's listening to this, this is completely Surge. Uh, I do not necessarily support the views and opinions represented on this podcast. <laughs> I should also remind you that... You know, this would be so much better if you were high. If you were high. If you were high. Get into it. Um, all right. You showed me a picture of somebody back home who hunted the largest moose. One of the largest. One of the largest. It's the largest I've ever seen in picture or real life. But that's kind of the thing. Like, so we 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 come from a pro hunting um, area in the world where it's kind of like my grandfather hunted to legitimately to support his family. My father hunted out of sport, and I just don't really hunt. I I got a. Um, I went back home two two Septembers ago. So in New Brunswick, hunting season happens the last September weekend of September for three days from Thursday dawn till Saturday dusk, and uh, it's a lottery because there's uh, the moose population is not that big. Even though hunters claim to control the moose population, it seems like it's not very big. So they issue a lottery, and you, only certain amount of licenses go licenses go out, and you submit, and you hopefully get it. And then a few years ago. Uh, my cousin got it, and your dad, Serge, was there. Because when you get a license, you can get you're allowed two gun holders, people with guns, and like three or four other people can join in. So you get. I like the idea of hunting, like the camaraderie. The you go into a camp for three, four days, and you just kind of hang out. But the shooting part, I don't. So I I flew back home from here in Toronto um, for a weekend, and I spent basically eight hundred dollars on flight to find out I'm a giant pussy. No, because I realized I really didn't like... That's That was the first time in my life I thought I always knew I had to like it, but then I realized I didn't. I didn't. And I realized it's just a vehicle for drinking. Any activity you do as an adult, like after the age of 20, let's say, is just a vehicle for drinking. If you go hunt, and it's because there's always a le an element of it that sucks. Like for hunting, you have the shooting element that sucks. So you get, what do you do? You drink. Or golfing. You get together as grown men, you drink. Because you have the, ho the whole golfing part to do. That's the part that sucks, got it? Alright, that's enough of that. But the thing that bothered me about the picture you showed me was the biggest moose they could find. But listen, but listen, but listen, but listen. For, the, for, that, for that, during hunting, it's the biggest and the baddest. But when you're going out on a date... You're looking for the opposite, my friend. The smallest and the nicest. Yeah. So, so what is this in this society? We hunt. We hunt in both ways. We hunt to find a woman. We hunt to find the fucking thing to eat. So when we're hunting to eat, we hunt to get the biggest beast, right? The biggest, hairiest. Yeah, you know. And then when we hunt out to go to find the lady, we haven't find. You the want most, the most bald so person you can find. So maybe we should change our perspective. Maybe we should go up the other way. You know. If you can find a woman out there with antlers, you just. Just Don't like, shoot her. Fuck the shit out of that. That's I that? think that's what it is. Sorry. 
Yeah, yeah, just just like this, just release a load right in the middle of the forehead. So you're saying because moose, because it is the here's the other kind of weird part is we hunt them during mating season. So the males are super horny once a year they get to reproduce, and they're looking around in the forest for just some warm hole that they can plant their seed in. And what we do as humans, we go in a tree stand, we go as far as get so we and we call, we make a call of a, a woman moose, a female moose in heat, and we go as far as to spreading i don't know who get, who cultivates this but women a woman moose why am i saying woman <laughs> a woman's a human female moose in heat urine so someone cultivated this scent with the right pheromones and the right chemistry they waited for a moose a female that, moose that was a very very that was a scientist that went years and years thinking i really want to recreate this moose smell yeah well and i hope they got danger pay for it if they either had to reproduce it in a lab or uh or but this is how far you go and so picture the moose he's horny he gets to get laid once a year then he hears he hears the sweet sweet cry of a female moose in heat and he starts getting closer and he smells the sweet sweet nectar of a woman moose in heat only to be shot in the face by what a human that's Holy in a tree shit. mimicking his whole shit, right? Uh, but the whole thing is uh, weird. And uh, I had a train of thought. I kind of forget it. We're doing the thing, train, hunting uh, moose. Is We're getting the biggest and best. Ejaculation face. Uh. I don't know what to do, so let's get to my guest. Uh, Erica Sigurdsson, you're going to love this. She's one of my favorites. She's very entertaining. Also, there's a very entertaining segment of Are You Mariah Arioko in this one. Jen Grant sits in studio for the most of the interview. And here we go. Enjoy now my chat with Erica Sigurdsson. You and me belong, just like the flowers, laughing all day long. People, I need you to sing a little song, Fuck it. then take a shower. shower. Julian Dion, comedy hour. Our podcast. You. Okay, stop it. You're embarrassing yourselves. I don't know if anybody else is like me, uh, where you're a full grown adult, but you don't feel like a grown up. Is anyone else like that? Yeah? Like, I don't own a house. My retirement plan is to die. Um, and I should be a grown-up because I'm in my 30s. I should, like, and I didn't just get there. Like, I am, I'm in my northern, I'm northern 30s. Like, I know that I've passed that age uh, where I know, like, if I die tomorrow, people wouldn't be like, oh, she was so young. Yeah, they'd be like, oh. God works in mysterious ways. <laughs> Facebook has taught us anything. It is that having children is awesome. <laughs> so rewarding. <laughs> I love it. You guys see those statuses, right? It's like, the sound of a child laughing is the best sound on earth. Huh, okay. It's a nice sound. It's not the best sound. You know what's not the best sound on earth? every other sound that comes out of a child. Yeah. And people will tell you too, if, you're, if you say, oh, I don't want to have babies, they're like, you'll change your mind after you have one. I hope. 
Really rolling the dice on that one. Projection, projection, projection. Okay, and that, of course, is my guest that you heard doing stand-up comedy right there in the past or in the future because I haven't added it yet. And uh, she sits in here in Lemon Press Studios. She's a dear friend. What can I say about her? Well, she's done pretty much everything you can do in this country, stand-up-wise. All the festivals, Just for Laughs, Winnipeg, Halifax, TV appearances on all those. Uh, Comedy Network uh, special, Comedy Now, uh, Canadian Comedy Awards, The List on City TV. Um, I feel like I should have looked it up, but I, because we're friends, I figured I would just know most of it. But You're doing very well. Yeah? yeah. That kind of sums up... Debaters. Debaters. Oh my God, how yeah, could I... That's a big thing. That is the big thing. Thank you, Jen Grant. Jen Grant is sitting in on this one uh, because they're frenemies. And um, CBC Debaters, she's appeared uh, over 40 times, so you will recognize her voice, perhaps. And uh, she's here. She, like I said, she's a friend, and I'm happy to have her. Erica Sigurdsson. Hello. Hi, hi, hi. Hi. Sure, yeah, applause. why not? Yeah. Let's keep it going. Directly into the mic. <laughs> pop, 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 pop. <laughs> Get down, everyone. Someone's <laughs> been shot. Um, thanks for being here. Thank- well, you guys picked me up at my hotel. I had no idea I was doing this. <laughs> thanks for having me. This is an ambush. Forced. I, I wanted to do it uh, when I was in Vancouver, but it never kind of worked out. I feel like you avoided me. Um, Not actually. No. I didn't. Yeah. Uh, Are you tired? No. What time did you get up this morning? I got up at 6.57. Whoa. Mm. To be accurate, 6.57. I went to bed at 1.30. Oh, no, you've been here. You didn't... Wait. Oh, you came from Sault Ste. Marie. Yeah, I wasn't in Vancouver. Okay, right, right. Yeah. So that wasn't Vancouver time. That's one of the credits you didn't mention. She does the IG tour, too. Right? Yeah. Doing uh, that The Instagram tour. The Instagram tour. (laughs) Yeah. The Investors Group tour, which is a prestigious uh, thing to do. You Mm -hmm. travel. How many dates? Uh, We're doing the Midwest, so 14 dates. 14 14. dates. So it's not as many as when I did the Western one, which was 28. Wow. Yeah. Which was pretty sweet. Whoa, whoa, whoa. How do you find it when you, uh, 20, 28 dates, like, in a row, pretty much? Well, we had date like, we took Thanksgiving off, and not not in a row, you have a few days off here and there, but it's uh, 28 dates over, I think, six weeks. Are you over it by the end of the tour like that? Are you, like, um, excited to go home? Um... Well, because the Western one was easier because I lived in Vancouver, so I got to go home a lot more than right. the the other guys. Uh, but this one, like I've been gone for I think five days, and I am quite homesick already. Yeah. So it's it's really fun, but I've also been sick, so I haven't been drinking. Right. Uh, don't worry, I'm back. I started <laughs> drinking as soon as I felt a little tiny bit better. I was like, well, let's get another bottle of wine. Well, and I just gave you a beer. Hopefully, you'll crack that soon. Yeah. I've got beer, coffee, and water in front of me. Guess one. Which one will be left when I leave? <laughs> <laughs> um, which other days did you do? You said that you're on. This is your day five. Oh, we have already done Saskatoon, Weyburn, Regina, Lloydminster. One show in Winnipeg. We go back to Winnipeg next week, and also Sault Ste. Marie last night. Uh, and yeah. uh, you said Sudbury tonight, tomorrow. Tuesday, I fly to Sudbury. We do two dates in Sudbury. Oh, you're in town till Tuesday? Yeah. Fun. Yeah. Who are you on the tour with? Dave Hempstead and Kermit Apio, two very funny comics. Lovely gentlemen to travel with. Yeah, that always helps. 
yeah. uh, when especially because you guys are friends and yeah. uh yeah that always makes everything better yeah because sometimes you get saddled with you know random people on the road <laughs> yeah and then you're julian is pointing at me and i it's obviously a hilarious joke because i'm wonderful to travel with mm-hmm. yeah uh, yeah, well, I want to have you on because obviously you're awesome uh, comic, mm-hmm. and um, and you've been how how long you've been doing it? Uh, fifteen years. Fifteen, 15 years. Fifteen years. You started in Van City. I did. Yeah. Who was around when you started? Um, like who were the headliners? When I started, we had uh, Dave Nystrom, Damon Schritter, Kevin Fox, Daryl Lennox, of course, JP Mass. <laughs> <laughs> Your my husband, husband. <laughs> um brent great Butt. comic by the way Br- yeah gr- oh, hilarious so awesome comic doesn't do it enough doesn't do it enough um yeah brent butt and peter like, Klamis. peter Klamis. oh and i ran into him in winnipeg oh, he wow. was sitting at the bar and i texted oh, yeah, him i my, saw that picture yeah. actually um side note everyone so and then like graham clark started i think maybe a couple years after me charlie demir's all in that kind of urban well time. Phil Hanley. Phil Hanley. Who That's else? Jen Grant. Well, Jen Grant yeah. moved to town. Oh yeah, you were already in 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 it for a bit. At I that was point, embedded right? fully in the scene, and then <laughs> Jenny showed up, and That's we true. became friends. Let's talk about those early days. So, mm-hmm. um, what first of all, what got you into comedy? Well, I always wanted to do it since I was a little kid. Yeah. Since I was about five. Um, Actually. Yeah, I saw. How it. did you know at five that you wanted to do stand up? Um, because my dad was watching Carson and there was a stand-up comic, which as a kid, you're like, what is that guy doing? Like, he's not playing an instrument. He's not dancing. What is this joker? And he just told jokes. And I saw my dad was like laughing his head off. And if you are a kid who grows up in a family with a lot of fighting and you see something that makes your dad laugh, you're like, well, I better learn to do that. Uh, so then that was, and then Carol Burnett, loved watching that. Yeah. Um, not that she's a stand-up, but... And so, yeah. Who was who was the comic? Do you remember? No idea. No idea. And so at five years old, you see this, you kind of get the bug. You're like, I want to do this. You said you grew up in a household, a lot of fighting. How many uh, siblings? Just one. Just this is me the one and my sister, sister, right? But she moved away to university when I was like 13. So then it was just me and my fighting parents. <laughs> oh, the years of fun. I didn't even get to be a bratty teenager because it was them fighting and slamming doors. I was like, I'm just over here rolling my eyes at no one. You're like, grow up, mom yeah. and dad. <laughs> rolling my eyes at no one. I know. How, how much older is your sister than you? She is four years and a bit older. Four years and a bit? Yeah. I look much younger than her, though. <laughs> she doesn't even know what podcasts are, so I can say that. <laughs> um, what What made you get into it, and that what like what was that first thing to push you in? Because for me, I I kind of always knew from a young age, but it wasn't one of those things. I thought I would just wake up and feel ready to do it one day. Obviously, right, that's right. never going to happen. You yeah. kind of need to be pushed in or influenced heavily by someone. What was that for you? Well, for me, I was probably. 24, I guess. I was working in my eighth year at McDonald's Restaurants of Canada as a first assistant manager. And one of the kids was killed in a car accident. And I had like, I also had always wanted to be a writer as uh, in addition to stand up. And I'd written this poem for his family and they were super touched by it and like read it at his funeral. And I was like literally in the middle of a lunch rush 
and I got this note from them about how much my words meant to them, walking to the fry station, and suddenly I thought, what the fuck am I doing? Like, there's this thing that I really want to do, and I'm working at this job that would never let me take time off to do it. Right. Obviously, you're good at it. You moved this family. Yeah, so I was like, I know, and I already knew, like, in my head that I was funny. So... And I had worked, like, my friends thought I would never quit McDonald's. <laughs> like, I went to Hamburg <laughs> University. I knew all the ratios of lettuce to <laughs> onion. Recons. Oh, everything. I knew, oh, man, I knew everything. And uh, I just, I woke up, you know, like, finished that shift, obviously. And then the next day said, I'm going to have a new job in two weeks. Gave my notice and just quit. And then... I didn't quit and go into making money at stand-up. But I quit and I got a job at a bank that I was off by five so I could do stand-up. And mm. then uh, there I went. There um, you went. Let's can not- I interact for a second? Yeah. Because I just don't want to get off the topic of McDonald's for one second. Okay. So do you know Julian used to work at McDonald's, right? Oh, I did not. Oh, yes. Yeah. There and we go. Catch up you- in your veins. That's right. <laughs> did you eat ketchup in your veins? I feel like I just entered into the nerdiest little conference ever. Um, did you uh, eat at McDonald's when you'd work there? Oh, a lot. I think I ruined my metabolism. Okay. <laughs> I feel like you guys should bond on that because what would you typically eat on a shift? Like what was the worst or like things that I would make up or even whatever? Like, oh man, in the pizza days, in the heyday of the pizza days, <laughs> oh we, my God. we would put French fries in the pizza oven with cheese all over them. <laughs> We made donuts out of buns that we put in the deep fr- like this is this is working the late night drive through shift and you just start making shit up. Yeah. Why did the hell they ever get rid of the pizzas? Oh, those are awesome. I remember first day of pizzas. It's, I never tried it. It was good. No, but it was new, and <laughs> yeah. so people were very excited. But we actually made them like they didn't come frozen at the time. They right. actually put cheese and like it was crazy. It was just a wall of mozzarella flying in the back. That's all anybody wanted was pizzas. Um, and it, remember, you'd put the oil on the crust. You'd mm-hmm. brush a little oil, and when we would make our own, we'd just put oil all over the whole thing. Oh yeah, and you'd make like crazy bread at McDonald's. Yeah, like Little Caesars crazy crazy bread. The the biggest mistake that would happen at my McDonald's was um, people would often leave the cardboard because when I started, they were I, I remember They're them frozen. frozen. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but they would come on these little cardboards and that was slightly yeah. smaller than the pizza underneath, and so many people would just put the cardboard as like yeah. in the thing with it. And then it's like, yeah. here's, here's your pizza, <laughs> and also the McDonald's is burning. Dry fast. <laughs> I used to eat in a four-hour shift. I would eat three combos. I'd get there after school. I'd eat a combo. Yeah. On my 15-minute break, I, I'd eat another. I'd chow down a combo, and on leaving, I wouldn't eat another one. Oh yeah, and never gain one oh, pound. No. Well, I did. I rem- when I started there, I was 15. I was like, I don't know. I'm just that kind of person that never puts on weight. <laughs> <laughs> Flash forward <laughs> to me rolling out to the drive-thru five years later. I cringe when I think of what I did to my body. Oh. Like so much sodium, so much, so many, like Terrible. so much trans fats and like every oh, and day. Sundays, I would Sundays, we used to work drive through and if you, like there was cameras so the manager could look and see what you were doing in the drive through booth. But there was a spot that you could stand, which was right beside the Sunday machine. So we would, like you'd be in drive through like eating this Sunday and then you'd hear because the, ma- the manager was like, they're out of camera sight. What are they doing? And it was right. either people making out, stealing money or eating Sundays <laughs> or all three. 
That's hilarious. But it's every kid's dream to work at McDonald's, I think, because when you're little, because your parents would bring home McDonald's or take you to McDonald's, and it was like heaven. And I yeah. remember looking at the cashiers thinking, oh my God, I can't wait to work oh, there. Look at her. I got look a job. By the way, I could have potentially talked about the ketchup in the vein thing, because I got a job at McDonald's when I was 14. But when I got hired, I, I showed up for my first shift, and they said, oh, we made a mistake. You have to be 15. <laughs> You have to be 15. Shut up. <laughs> We've made a horrible mistake. <laughs> yeah. And then so I went home and I was like, oh, so disappointed. And then I turned 15 and then I was like, I don't want to work at McDonald's anymore. So it all worked out. It did. It really, really did. Okay, <laughs> continue. No, I don't want to gloss over the Hamburger University. What the hell is that? Because I, I don't know. I don't remember that. Oh, yes. Once you got um, elevated to certain management positions. Yeah, I never made it past cashier. Okay, well, I was climbing the rungs of the McDonald's <laughs> ladder. The rungs. <laughs> uh, I was very quickly elevated from uh, working in the grill area to being a crew trainer, then crew chief. No one was stopping me. Swing manager, <laughs> second assistant manager, boom, first assistant manager. That's when they send you to Chicago, Illinois. Whoa. Yeah, to McDonald's has a world-class training facility, and there's all these management courses, and it's like you and a people from all over the world like there was a guy from Qatar there was like people from France and so you learn for a whole week you're just studying all this stuff and they have interpreters it's, it, you feel very important at it's the like time. the UN of fast food yes it is <laughs> and so then at the end of um then you write your final exam scored 96 percent thank you um don't know how anyone failed that but uh, and then you came home with your bachelor's of hamburgerology with a, <laughs> a diploma with a hamburger. I assume a Big Mac with a little hat on it. And I remember being in the in the restaurant, and uh, my actual manager said, "This bachelor degree is respected as much as any other bachelor." Degree. <laughs> <laughs> and like, and I was like, I don't think so like i don't think i'll be on jeopardy and they're gonna be like and your next contestant holds a bachelor's of hamburgerology when you did you know the next time i introduce you to stage i'm definitely including that in your credits <laughs> is that why they hide you at the bank because you had your bachelor of hamburgerology i think so <laughs> they put me right in the safe they're like here you go here's the money i mean i don't know how it goes how much it goes for nowadays because i haven't been there so long but i remember uh, a Big Mac meal with a medium Coke was five twenty-eight. Mm-hmm. That that price is ingrained in my head from from your time. Yeah, from drive-throughing. The scary thing is when I started at McDonald's, I think the that a cheeseburger was eighty-nine cents, and I think that today, uh, twenty-five years later, a cheeseburger is like a dollar nineteen. Right. So it's like. Everything else has gone up exponentially, and the hamburgers and cheeseburgers have just just a couple cents. Like, it's S- quite scary. Slightly uh, below the rate of inflation. Yeah. Let me just. Um, okay, let us just take a uh, sort of. Uh, I want to get get. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it never ends. Uh, let us take a. a Recon us take a little break. Uh, for recons are the onions, but why do they call them recons? Reconstituted onions because they were dehydrated, and so remember you would put them in the water. The what? The like it had little holes in it. It was like a strainer. Right, that sat right, and right. You poured water over it, and they reconstituted. God, Julian. 
God, I never do I knew that. Do I have to that. retrain you on yeah, everything? I think you do. Let's take a short break, and uh, we'll come back uh, with Erica Sigurdsson in just a minute. This episode of the Julian Dion Comedy Hour podcast with guest Erica Sigurdsson is brought to you yet again, always and forever, by Echo One Photography, Greater Toronto Listeners, GTA, Toronto. This one's for you if you're a musician, actor, business person, whoever, comedian, and you need some headshots done or really any product need fulfilled, well, look no further. Echo One will do that for you. If you own a business and you're looking to get some product photography done for e-commerce or advertising purposes, look no further. Echo One does that too. Email Eugene, that's E-U-G-E-N-E at echoonephotography.com and enter J-D-C-H for the Julian Dion Comedy Hour in the subject line for special offers. Do it today. Does it make you feel better? It really helps on the inside. Makes me feel pretty. Uh, we're back with Erica Sigurdsson, everybody. And uh, okay, let's get back on um, the topic of McDonald's. Yep. Because I am. Um, we're back. Um, were you, because you're diabetic. Yep. Right? You type talk, one. Type one. Let's be clear. Type one diabetic. Type one. Yep. What's the difference? Explain between type one and type two. Okay. Type 1 diabetes is an autoimmune disease where your body attacks your own cells and you stop producing insulin, which is a hormone you need to convert glucose, aka carbohydrates, into energy. So if you have type 1 diabetes and you don't take insulin via injection or insulin pump, you will eat sugar, your sugar will go very high, and within about 48 hours you will be dead because you'll go into diabetic ketoacidosis, which is why we're an insulin pump. Type 2 diabetes is your body is still producing insulin, but you have built up a resistance to it. And By it, eating too much sugar? Not always. There are a lot of factors. Genetics is one. But yes, lifestyle, sedentary lifestyle. Um, so it is kind of more, it's not more reversible because type 1 is not reversible at all. So type 2, you can help yourself out by eating better, exercising, and you don't always have to be on insulin. Right. What? When did you find out? When I was 10. Oh, so you knew when you worked at McDonald's. That was my yes, yeah. the link to it. Oh, and it was terrible. Because especially as a manager, you didn't get breaks. Like, it would be super busy. Because this is the heyday, like the 90s, where nobody cared about carbohydrates. They just ate shit. No one was food con- conscious at no all. No one was yeah. food conscious. There was no, so, no gluten, no trans fat, no nothing. Like, it didn't nothing. even exist. People just... Yeah. Fudge Sunday, fudge on the bottom, fudge on top. <laughs> extra peanuts that's a type that's the kind of life we live uh so i would be working like crazy in my blood sugar and i'm burning sugar as in because you know the more you move you're burning energy and sugar and i would just suddenly start like convulsing because my blood sugar had dropped so dangerously low so people would run over and give me juice like the damage i probably not just by eating mcdonald's but working there wasn't a, it wasn't a great job. Right. Yeah. Eight years you said you were there? Eight years. Crazy. I know. And so when you finally left and went to the bank, what was the first step into uh, comedy? Was it an open mic or amateur night? Uh, it was... The Urban Well was the first... Le- and it, Urban Well wasn't amateur night, but I had gotten um, the phone number of one of the bookers because back then you just put like they just put things in the paper like there wasn't there was the internet but it wasn't the internet as we know it today so we're going way back to the year 2000 
So I had phoned and it was Jamie Hutchinson who ran the Urban Well with Brent Butt and he was on the road and I left like eight messages. Like I had also called the local Yuck Yucks and then went down there and then they were like, no, amateur night was tomorrow night or it was yesterday. We changed it and I got all huffy and I was like, look, who should I be talking to? I was the worst. Um, and then, uh, and then I got up at the Urban Well and so I drove out from the suburbs and plunked myself down Crazy. at the comics table. Yeah. Like, had you known what you know now, you, you, would you think you would have been more nervous because knowing that, like what came with performing at the Urban Well? Cause it was just such a like comics room. Cause right. let, let's talk about the Urban Well a little bit. Cause I had Proud Love on, on the show and Jason Lamb and Von Hagen. And so they all talk about the heyday of, yeah of the urban well so when you went up for the first time were there two shows at that point yep there was two shows i was on the early show early show because the late show was the show to be on right mm-hmm. and both hosted by uh brent butt, brent butt yeah yep. and so you show that's crazy that that was your first ever set yeah and i had well i had gone to see a show at the urban well like a couple weeks prior. So you kind of knew what to expect. So I, and I, and I just remember I was sitting right in the front and I, it's, and it's so funny when you watch comics before you've done it and you're like, oh my God, these people, like they're so, look at them. And then you get to know them and you're like, man, that guy is a wreck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I needs, needs to get his to get, shit together. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, woo, <laughs> that is a train wreck. Um, but yeah, I remember sitting there and just being like, wow. This is this is what I want to be a part of. So my friend came with me. Just just a quick side note. You yeah. know, one of the people I looked up like that, and I was like, "Wow, oh my god!" And then I got to know, and it was that exact reaction. Who? <laughs> <laughs> I remember he came to Moncton on tour when Yak Yaks just opened. I'm like, "Oh my god, this guy!" Like he's. And then I got to know him. <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, oh okay." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like uh, Vince Fluke was uh doing stand-up one of the this is like i'd been in it for a couple months and i remember like he uh he just uh, when i got up to do my set he just sat down and started eating my nachos <laughs> and i was like wow that guy's so like who's so cool that they just sit down and eat somebody's nachos and then I, like months later it's like oh every time i get up and leave my food at the table someone will sit down and eat it yeah you realize because he's broke it's not <laughs> yeah like, uh... Yeah, I'm like, it's not a cool thing. It's, right. Uh, <laughs> it's a, like an outer desperation yeah, thing. Yeah, there goes another chicken wing. <laughs> and it's just weird. Yeah. All right, so you go see the first show, you kind of, or a show a couple weeks before. You're kind of um, caught up in the mystique of it all. Mm-hmm. Because it can easily happen. I mean, even now, for myself, having been doing it for, I don't mean not nine years. Yeah. But I can still get caught up in that when you go see a show. Oh, yeah. And so when you went to see it, were, was that booked already? Did you know it was coming up that you were going to do it? Or you called after? Oh, um, that's a good question. Maybe I did know. I yeah. don't know. I, I, I Actually, I don't think I did know because, um, yeah, I would have I probably made more note of who was on stage if right. I already knew I was going to do it. And I would have maybe talked to that. But maybe that was the night I got the phone number for the guy. For Jamie. Right. Maybe that's what happened. I can't remember. Whew, that was a long time ago. <laughs> and uh, you had been uh, writing, obviously, already. So mm-hmm. you kind of had an act put together. Kind of. Do you sort of remember your first time on stage? Your your Any of your bits or what you talked about? 
Oh, I remember I had a bit that um, it was about the calendar being on the back of a pack of cigarettes. And it was like, do I make it on the front? It says it's going to kill you. And on the back, there's a calendar. So I'm like, well, what's the deal? Should I make plans for Christmas or not? (laughs) Boom. Dropped the mic. Walked off. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And what else? Oh, and this is so ridiculous now. Like now being 40 years old. The jokes I was doing at 25 about, like, I just turned 25, so I'm, like, you know, so old. I still get invited to parties, but now they all involve Tupperware. And I just, <laughs> I know, pretty great, right? Um, but, like, now being 40, when I hear 25-year-olds do jokes about being old, I want to jump up and rip their faces off and go, you're not old, you stupid idiot. You're 25. I know. And 25 is an age where people turn and they go, I feel so old. Yeah. Because I, I just heard someone like a, a few days ago, they're like, oh, I'm so old. I'm going to be 25. Someone was telling me they bawled for like two days when they turned 25. I'm like, why? Because you were so young? Like, yeah. Why would you bawl at 25? Here's the thing. The whole age thing. I hate when people that are 40 say they're so old because you know what, one day you're going to be 70 and you're going to look back at your 40-year-old self that could still park a car and walk, you know, yeah. and still go for a run and be like, you jackass. Like yeah. you were, it's, yeah, I'm not 20 anymore and I'm not 25 anymore, but it's like, I think old is this. There's like 20-year-olds listening that are going, no, you are old. Yeah. <laughs> you are old as shit. No, but even just the notion of aging uh, that people get upset at it or they cry at a birthday, it's like, look look how many people we know that have died so young mm-hmm. and, and you know their families are devastated or they had such potential to lead long, rich lives and for whatever reason, they're, they're taken away. Yeah. And it's like, because I remember my sister, Mary Jo, that you know. Yeah. Um, she had a friend coming through town, through Vancouver, that was turning 60. And she didn't want anything to do. She didn't want to celebrate her birthday at all or anything. And for some reason, my sister is one person that has lost more people like at a young age than, than anybody I know. Like, right. a, a, like an abnormal amount. Like all of her roommates in university died. Like it's just like she's just faced so much tragedy with, with close people right. that have died at very young ages. And she... Um, you know, out of the goodness of her heart, brought a cake to this woman on her birthday. And the woman stormed out and started bawling. Yeah. Because she was turning 60. It's, ridi- it's like, what's the choice? What other choice do we have than to keep going? I, and every year should be a fucking celebration. I know. Like, yeah, I made it one more year healthy and alive. Yeah. Where so many people can't, like a lot of people cannot say that. Yeah. Anyways, welcome to the Julian Dion sorrow hour, everybody. Yeah. So on to more sadness. No, I think uh, as you know, it might be somebody in this room's birthday, and my birthday is also coming up very soon. I'm I love my birthday. Oh I, yeah, I celebrate. I start celebrating right after my birthday, getting ready for the next one. What? When's your birthday? November fifth, Guy Fawkes. Oh yeah, day. right. That's right. Your uh, fellow, uh, well, not fellow, but Jen uh, Scorpio. Yeah. That's why we get. A, I have a lot of friends that are Scorpio. Oh, cracking now. that beer! Cracking there we go. Beer. Happy, bir- happy birthday! Happy, happy early birthday. birthday! So it's my actual birthday today, mm-hmm. and um, there's no other way I'd rather s- spend it than Thanks. in Lemon Press Studios with E Sig. With E Sig or Ricky Sigs, as I was uh, <laughs> nicknamed in Cornwall, I think. 
Oh, really? On After Twitter, that show? On Twitter, somebody said, oh, man, I missed Ricky Siggs. And I was like, <laughs> I kind of like that. <laughs> There's a nice ring to it. Yeah, Ricky Siggs. Um, <coughs> excuse me. I'm sick. I'm going to try to get... Well, not really, but I'm trying to get over this cold. So I'm going to try to not cough into the microphone. For the people at excuse home? Excuse me. Yeah. For the people at home, as I burp, burping is fine. Coughing is rude yeah. and gross. Uh, okay, let's go back to, um, so you do stand-up for the first time, you do that set. How did it go? It went good. Yeah? It went well. And well again, enough. I mean... Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, because I mean, looking Your first back, idea is, of, is like, I'm going to stand up there and no one's going to right. laugh or anything. So... I remember yeah. I got two laughs on my first ever seven minutes. Really? Two or three laughs. And um, I thought that was a huge success. In yeah. seven minutes, I'm like nailed it yeah you're like laughs <laughs> per minute and a half yeah. <laughs> uh and so let's just paint a picture for the listeners that that might not know the um urban well so those nights were packed right those nights were i mean not all of them but mostly yes i mean especially the late show it was kind of you know kitsilano was the cool neighborhood and the urban well was this cool hangout and yeah, for a Tuesday night to have two shows, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, so it was, even if you weren't on, the, like when I first started, I lived in Surrey, which was like 45 minutes, and I drove downtown like every single night pretty much to be at any show I could be at, and then I moved a block away from the Urban Well, and I had never really, like people didn't ever see me really drink because I was always, I always had to drive. And I was very like serious about like not even one drink before you get in a car. I say that like now I'm now I've loosened up. No. <laughs> um, so then I moved a block away from the Urban Well, and that first Tuesday night I got so drunk. Like people were like, "Are you okay to get home?" And I was like, "I just live up the hill." Um, but it was like it was such a magical time. Like everybody was there, and there was always you know. Halloween part like it was just a really yeah that was the place to be right for was, co for comics yeah and like 9-11 was a Tuesday and we still everyone showed up and it was we still did a show but it was a very weird and somber but also we got up and just kind of talked about like just went up on stage and like like you know talked about what we were feeling and it was f interesting because people from the neighborhood came down because it was one of those things where everybody's just like I, I, need, I need to do something like so um yeah and then of course robin williams when he showed up a ton of people um around would come now it was lined up like the urban well was lined up if he was in town filming something it was crazy yeah because because he could just pop in at any time which he would yeah so after doing that first set did you did you feel a giant sense of like fulfillment in the way that finally i'm out of i'm out of the mcdonald's world i'm finally doing something creative where i can you know have a creative output in the world because obviously it's something you'd been wanting to do you had mm -hmm. been writing you knew you kind of wanted to do it since you were five yeah was that a was that a conscious thing that you felt like oh my god i'm doing it or just kind of organically slowly just got into it and no it was the first the mic in my hand and the light on my eyes, it literally, I was like, I'm home. Like, it was that. Because I had done public speaking. I did speech competitions. I did 
I did a lot of writing, like, you know, submitting shit and writing competitions. And so I, was, I wasn't um, brand new to standing up in front of people, but it was the mic and the lights. And I hadn't even said a word. I just, and it's the only thing really in my life that I really wanted to do and started doing and stuck with. Like, I have a lot of sports equipment that is sitting in a corner, you know, like right. things that I'm like, oh, I'm going to love this. And then I sign up for a membership and then I'm like, oh, I'm done. But comedy was the one thing that I was like, I'm home. This is what I was meant to do. Yeah. Pe- uh, I mean, people that are in it for, you know, that have any sort of longevity often say that. Like I, I personally, same boat. It's by far the job I've kept the longest. Yeah. Um, I guess anybody that... That probably goes for anybody that follows their passion and, and is doing what they're meant to do. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so then you get into it, you start, you start getting up. How was the scene in Vancouver at that point for stage time at that level, brand new? It was pretty good. There was a lot of one-nighters. Like, Vancouver has always been really good for one-nighters because we didn't have a real yucks presence. There, like, because at the time, like, in Alberta, there was... It, nobody could start a one-nighter because no, then nobody could work at Yucks. So it literally was you did amateur night at Yuck Yucks or nothing. But in Vancouver, there was a Yuck Yucks, but the guys that ran it were just using it because they had a nightclub attached to it. So they didn't care what the fuck anyone did. So we were kind of, everybody just, you know, started one-nighters. And I think pretty much every night of the week you could get up if you wanted to. Yeah, in the city. In the city. And Vancouver's still like that to this day as far as um, paying, mm-hmm. getting paid during the week to either host or headline a yeah. small room. Yeah. That's very unique to Vancouver. You go anywhere else, for the most part, it's free. Yeah. Like you get paid maybe in beer tickets or whatever. Yeah. All right. So you dive in. You're starting to do stand up. You're doing it. When did the first big opportunities start happening or, or what at what moment did you realize this is actually going to be a thing that I'm going to earn income from. Right. Um, when I, so in 2002, so I had been doing it about two years. Um, Brent Butt was pitching a talk show. He wanted to film basically um, a live talk show to pitch, I think, to obviously the networks in Canada. So he... Um, asked if I would come to the Winnipeg Comedy Festival and be a stand-up guest on his show. So I got flown out to Winnipeg, and I didn't do anything in the festival except for his show. But I remember just being there and only being two years in and having this great opportunity. And then I got invited back to the festival. And that's kind of when things started to happen. Oh, you got Um, Winnipeg Fest like two years in, I guess in your third year? In my third year. Wow, that's pretty Um, good. Yeah, well, you know, it didn't hurt that I wrote thank you cards to the head of CBC, and I was <laughs> I was such a like um, anomaly, I think, in the comedy world of just like these things that I had been taught growing up, like right. So I had written thank you cards to like Anton Leo, who was like the head of CBC comedy and the festival people, and they're probably like, "Who's this weirdo? Like, <laughs> when's the last time a comic?" But um, yeah, you know, like. You don't be a dick to people. Be nice and be gracious and do your job. That shit really matters and it's so overlooked. And it's so in, easy. In comedy. It's it so easy. so goddamn easy 
to be polite and be nice and be humble and not be a jackass and people refuse to do it jennifer so that's where i've been going wrong (laughs) (laughs) when when i first uh started doing the road with yucks like i signed with them and i would go on the road i have a sales and business background yeah and so i came from that world so when i would go to a club if i did well i or if i felt that at least got the job done yeah because i was pretty new I would ask the club owner, you know, I I could tell if they thought I'd got yeah. the job done. And if I, I felt that, I would ask them, could you do me a huge favor? This is my first time working on the road with Yucks. Could you please just send a little note saying that, like I said, got the job done. Yeah. And they're like, oh my God, obviously. And they do it right away. And I remember, I think it was Stacy at the time who was still with Yucks. And she was like, oh my God, we've never... I did... Um, the Kelowna room, room uh, Blue Lines. Oh, yeah. Back then. Oh, that was a fun room. That was a fun room. <laughs> yeah, tough room. Tough, but fun. Tough, but fun, fun. And I got the guy there to, I'm like, this said just the same thing. Yeah. He sent a note back and they were like, we've, n- we never get ever feedback on any comics. Right. So they thought I was out of this world doing so, but really i was like barely getting the job done but yeah, i would we just know, we know we i would remember. just <laughs> ask i would just ask this the, the thing yeah and he would do it yeah they would do it usually and um but yeah just those small little things go a long way they do but it's so uh it's kind of like crack it there we go oh yeah jen grant joins the party but um there's almost this this element of um of like shame when it comes to business aspects of comedy. Yeah, I don't know, for lack of a better word, like for example, up until just a couple years ago, if you had a business card, you would never live that shit down. Yeah. Like if if your comics friend found out you had a fucking business card. Yeah, it's like, ooh. They would make fun of you, in front of you, behind your back. It was just this thing. And that to me is like, what the fuck? Why? It's, Mm -hmm. It's because people really try to draw a clear line between business and art. Yeah. I'm an artist. This is art, but it's like if you can find a perfect marriage of both, and be strong on the business side, you're way ahead of the game. Yeah, and I think like, you know, when you're starting out in your five six years, and it's it's really good to be committed to not selling out. And then after 15 years, you're like, dear God, I just want to sell out. Yeah. Who can I whore myself out to for yeah. some serious cash? What do you want me to sponsor? Sure, done. <laughs> that's, um, that's why I don't judge uh, Larry the Cable Guy in a way. I mean, I still well, do let's a little not bit. Be ridiculous. Yeah, it's a bit extreme, <laughs> but I get it. But let's put it that way. Yeah, I get why you know. Yeah, he, like what he if, was a comics comic back in the day. Yeah, and what yeah. if you were on stage one? Because you know, every so often, like, you know, sometimes you do something crazy or just out of the norm of your typical self on stage. Like, you for some reason you're just like, I'm gonna do this stupid voice. Yeah. And like, what if that took off? You know what I mean? And somebody came and was like. Hey, turtle voice. Turtle <laughs> That's voice. the only word I can think of off the top of my head. Hey, turtle voice. Uh, you know, if they were like, we're going to put you on tour and you're going to do, of course you'd yeah. fucking do it. Here's $3 million. By the way, what, what, what a turtle voice sound like? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very quiet. <laughs> it's very quiet and snappy. My, my oh, jokes snappy. are all very snappy. Um, I don't know. I should have picked a different animal. <laughs> It's a very slow delivery. That's right. It's a very John Steinberg delivery. John Steinberg, the turtle comic. We just rebranded him. (laughs) 
Uh, the stone <laughs> turtle comic. I know Erica gave me the turtle tip for taking pictures. What? What? Didn't you? <laughs> yeah, you said do the turtle. Remember? Oh yeah, stick your head out. And there are a lot of bad pictures of me on the internet that you'll realize <laughs> that that was a bullshit thing to tell you. <laughs> All Hilarious. I look is like really uncomfortable. Like I'm about oh, to say did, something. Did you sleep on your neck the wrong way? Yeah. That's what you think. Look like you're about to kiss the air. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to start a new character. Okay. In my comedy, it's going to be called Jenny the Beer Drinking Gal. It's going to. Do you remember our brilliant idea? <laughs> yeah. Remember you, me, and Christina? Yes, I do. I don't know if we should share it because it might be stolen. No, I don't think you should. It's too much of a okay. gem. All I'm saying is watch out. <laughs> world. Watch out, world, because there is a kind of a layer. thing that'll probably never happen. There's but... a thing that we're going to talk about. Well, we, we have lots of ideas. We talk about, oh, we talk a blue streak get, about get ideas. Get your wallets out, whoever pays Layer the Cable Guy. Yeah, we have something <laughs> to pitch you. Um, okay, so then you th- you send out uh, thank you notes and you start getting opportunities. You get the festival, which is a television appearance, three yep. years in. That's yep. that's huge. That was good. And at which point do you drop the banking job? Okay, so I dropped the banking job probably within two within my first year. I had dropped the banking job. Then I went and was a Starbucks manager. So I got hired because the bank was not paying the kind of money that I was used to making as a high rolling assistant manager at McDonald's. <laughs> so I got a job managing a Starbucks and I did that for a couple of years and I really liked it. But then I was getting so much stand up work and I knew I had to quit my job because I was on my way to Kelowna to do that gig and somebody called from my store and said you know so and so called in sick and as the manager if there's no one else to come in it doesn't matter what you're doing your job is to come in and I just said well you're gonna have to find somebody and I, that's not a good like and I, I didn't want to be a shitty manager so I quit mm. and um, went back to the bank now we're in 04 that's when I, I met you yeah and then I quit and just did stand-up, but I nannied part-time. And then I was really broke. So I went back to Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> I went back a lot of times. But then the last time I actually, 2007 was the last time I actually had a job. And I decided I was going to quit Starbucks because I, I was very, I was like, I can't work 40 hours a week in the opposite direction of my dreams. It was very dramatic. And I signed up for catering, which you could just sign up for shifts online. Because I was like, I can't. And then to do extra work because I was in the union. And so my last shift was Tuesday at 1 o'clock. And I went in to work on Monday. And I got a call from a production company who wanted to interview me for a writing job. And so I, I said, well, yeah, I could come in tomorrow at 2. And so I literally left my Starbucks job at 1 o'clock, got changed, went to an interview and landed a writing gig that paid me more money than I would have made probably in six months at Starbucks. So it was really one of those, like the right time to make the leap. And um, the net appeared. The net appeared. And uh, that was writing for the Geminis. With oh, nice. P- with Peter Klamis. Yeah. And then that led to a bunch of other, I mean, you've written on Mr. D. 
Yeah. You've written what else? I um, was a contributing writer to a couple pilots on CBC. So if anybody out there has a pilot that you don't want to get made, uh, <laughs> call me because I seem to be really good mm. at writing on those. Um, I also wrote on the Ellie Harvey. Show. That was also a pilot. Let's just say a few pilots. Um, yeah. And then like I've, you know, written smaller things for CBC Radio. And now um, predominantly stand-up, corporate. Stand-up and corporates right. are probably like 85% and writing is 15%. That's a good pie chart. I'm currently working on a book that unfortunately has gone no further than notes. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm thinking by 2018, 2019, it's going to be a ready. A book to me sounds like the most daunting thing in the world. It's the worst. I only see, my like I think many artists... I work really well with a deadline. Right. And by that, I mean the night before it's due, I will write it. I've always been like that. So when you're writing something, and this is why I respect people who actually get their shit done and get it submitted because it's it's so hard because you sit down and then like I sit down to start writing and then I'm like, you know what I should do first? I should Google books on writing books. And then I'm down a rat. You know what I mean? That's yeah. like but I don't have the right notebook or I don't have the right pen. Or, and it's like, no, you got to sit down and write. Um, and that's probably. Do you do the, uh, I call it the new notebook cycle. Oh yeah. Where you're like, oh my God, uh, you have writer's block, whether it's for stand up or writing a book. You're like, I know what will fix all of my problems. A new notebook. Yes. You go to chapters, drop like 40 bucks on a nice moleskin. Yeah. And then you'll fill like the first like seven pages Mostly, when I do it, it's all like my signature over and over. (laughs) If you go through my notebooks, it's always like jokes, jokes, jokes. And then a list of all my bills added up. Me too. Over and over and over again. Even though it's always, like it's generally the same every month. Like my rent is not fluctuating month to month. And then I'll have like a recipe, a grocery list, a couple jokes, recipe, bills. And then like a to-do like I just found this old notebook and it was from a few years ago that was like get done you know to have done within six months and I read it and I was like I fucking haven't done anything on this (laughs) list yet and then you're like and then it's a shame spiral and then and then when you're feeling shame you go I know we'll fix this and you notebook yeah like uh, the shelf there is full of notebooks and if you go through them at the most the top first 10 pages are used the rest all empty yeah but uh, and then i'll do i'll do another i'll do a recycle where i'll go through all those i'll tear out the first 10 pages then i'm like oh fresh new notebook reuse the first 10 fresh pages and then and repeat then it's gone i just recently shredded a bunch of old notebooks which was a pretty like like shredding my old jokes yeah and, like I don't know. You know, you, that was another thing. I was probably like, you know what will cleanse the palette <laughs> of my creativity. But I remember like going through notebooks and like I opened for Sinbad like, I don't know, eight years ago and finding like his phone number. Like he was like, call, you should come down to the States. Like call me. I'll hook you up with my agent. And that's such a thing like as a Canadian that I, I'm just like, well, he probably wasn't serious. So just never followed up. It's like, right. it's the worst. I'm the worst. <laughs> Guys. I should have stayed in school. Um, but yeah, <laughs> well, and then you like... you did go to Hamburger University. I did. Um, and finding like... Oh, that was another Urban Wild time when Zach Galifianakis was living in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. And he was at shows and mm-hmm. like, you know, like 
we'd see him all the time. The and most rinky dinky shows too, like yeah. the, the worst shows. And he would show up like, it was crazy. And remember that night he <laughs> showed up and um, yes. the night that there was two shows on Davy Street, one at Balthazar and then one a uh, seven minute walk up the hill at the Jupiter Room. And um, someone was in town scouting comics and like, first of all, watched the Balthazar show and then kept mixing everybody up like he thought Jay was Graham Clark and he's like I loved your set tonight and Jay hadn't gone on stage and he's like oh you you really liked it which part and it was all bullshit bullshit and then we go up the hill and Zach is on stage and starts going oh I hear we've got the strip mall comedy chain <laughs> the scouter in the yeah. it was so funny was, wasn't it Breslin yeah he's oh, yeah. trying to be oh no he's it doesn't matter secretive um that's funny. Let's talk about when uh, JG came into uh, Jenny Grant. Your radar. My life. Your life. I was going to say life, <laughs> and then so I was romantic. like, "That sounds dramatic." That I'm like, eh, "Radar." That's doesn't I make sense. I can tell you. I can tell you from my point of view. Uh, so, I moved all the way from Ottawa to Vancouver. I didn't know anybody in the comedy scene. This really. is 2004. Actually, I think it was 2003. Mm-hmm. The, I think it was fall of, it was like August or September of 2003. I remember the air was crisp. Yeah. <laughs> it was damp. Vancouver, always raining. But It was um, sunny, actually, because I remember I bored your deodorant when we went to Granville Island. No way. Remember? I was like, is that weird? I barely know her. I was like, I got to buy deodorant. And you're like, you can use mine. And I was like, hmm, we're best friends. <laughs> I immediately did. She still has it. that uh, deodorant in her freezer. <laughs> is it block back? In my Erica scrapbook. <laughs> So I gotta go. <laughs> I come to town and um, I'm looking in. I'm four years into stand up at that point, and I look in the Entertainment Weekly, the Georgia Strait, in Vancouver, and I see that there's um, looking for the listing of comedy shows. Like I'm really, I have no idea where to start, and I see this one show on Davy. It's at uh, what's, what was it called? Octane or yes, Octane. Are you sure? That doesn't seem right. Oxygen, oct. I think it was Octane. Uh, I don't think so. It was right by the Max. Mm-hmm. It was right by Max, below Jupiter Room. Octane? That doesn't seem right. It was Oasis. The, no, no, Oasis was is the, is the gay bar. I'm gonna say Octane for now. Okay, but it's not. But, okay, okay, it's something like that. It doesn't matter anyway. You know, you get hung up on these details, but it's bothering but, me now. Um. Anyways, makes for great radio. Oh, I know exactly. <laughs> Are you guys riveted? Octane Oasis. Was it what Octane? It? No. Was it? Maybe. <laughs> Let's. Was it? <laughs> so, anyway, um, I saw there was an all female show. Um, and I think it was Thursday. Again, doesn't matter. So, I go and check it out. And it's a collection of different types of perform. Like, it's not just stand up comics, but Erica goes up and she, talking about working in a bank earlier um she says in one of her bits she goes i work in a bank and that's why a little piece of me dies every day and i thought i am going to be friends with her <laughs> she's jaded i like it and um so yeah so i back then i wrote a journal and i found my journal and it said tonight i went to this comedy show and i met a girl named erica <sighs> anyway so we've been friends ever since and um Erica was the queen fucking bee of stand-up in Vancouver then, though. Holy... Well, you still are. Hi. But uh, 
I didn't have to wear this shirt all the time. But. <laughs> <laughs> You're so respected. It With was... the mug, greatest queen bee of all. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Number one, world's greatest queen bee comedy. <laughs> and uh, I lent her my deodorant and the rest is history. Yep. Yeah, but you guys lived in the same building too, right? We oh, did. yeah. That was magic. Mm-hmm. That I also fun. lived in your house in North Vancouver for That's a right. little bit. Yeah. That's fun. Yes, you did. <laughs> we had a uh, lot of... A lot of co. You know what this? This just looked like um, just when you said that, and you said, "That's right, yeah, you did." I don't know why it just brought me to um, <laughs> the sketch. Yeah, the sketch on SNS, sweaty balls. Oh yeah, <laughs> with uh, Molly Shannon and mm. good times, everybody. But the Urban Wall, I cannot explain to you how much fun that was. Like, I it was such a big move for me. It was such a huge step. For for me to just go for something different in my life and be be on my own, I really felt like I grew up. And I remember being at the Urban Well and like having this overwhelming feeling of like, I am here. I'm in the right place. This is the happiest, one of the happiest I've ever been in my whole life. I'm in Vancouver. This is so fun. And it was like, remember we arm wrestled the first night at <laughs> the Urban Well. <laughs> for some reason. I, I used to always arm wrestle. Everybody. I know that was. We were arm wrestling on the bar, and you could smoke inside. Yeah. Who won? I, Who won? I think Jenny won. Okay, go ahead. You were just about to say something. Um, Erica didn't smoke when I didn't smoke when, yeah. and she's like, I can't imagine you ever smoking. And I was like, Well, you know, I've been quit for seven months, and then I did. Oh, the, was it only uh, that long? Maybe more, two years, maybe. I don't know. And then I did the Seattle comedy competition and started smoking again. And then she's like, Oh, you smoke? Like I, I'm an all in like I. I was a great smoker. I loved it. Mm-hmm. You miss it? Not often, but sometimes. Like certain moments where you just, it's like the whole thing about sitting around yeah. with friends. Like mm-hmm. you're just talking about such life, yeah. you know, stuff yeah. and you're having a cigarette and so dramatic. But the idea of actually going into a store and buying Ugh. cigarettes seems so weird to and, me. And for sure, if you even had a drag, it would be awful. Yeah. Like horrible. It would feel terrible. It's a psychological thing. Like yeah, all you romanticize. Yeah. Uh, you're romantic. I'm the same way with pot. I just think like, oh, sitting around with friends, smoking a joint and you laugh. And But really for the last little bit, every time I would smoke, especially with my buddy uh, Laurent, we'd smoke and then we'd get high and all we would talk about is how much we wanted to quit. Right. But then I think back of, on those days, I'm like, oh man, I miss that. But <laughs> really, mm-hmm. it's just the addiction, everybody. Yeah, it is okay. true, but um, don't let it get to you. Man, we're up and down on this thing. We've talked about <laughs> some death. I know. I, Be I proud think of what, your age. Don't get addicted to shit. I think what I miss about smoking is just the the carelessness of it. It's just this like, I think I associate it with being in my twenties. Like that whole who cares? I'm never gonna die right. feeling. Yeah. Like I attach it to that where it's like. Oh, let's just smoke. Who cares? I'm just going to smoke and never quit. And who gives a shit? Yeah. Whereas now I'm like, oh, well, I got to be responsible. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Is, As I drink my beer. Uh, no, but it is. That's that's a really good point because, yeah, through your 20s, you just think eventually I'll quit. And then you're at the point where like, oh, now I have to quit. I'm at that point where yeah. It, yeah. it'll actually affect my health if I don't. Yes. God damn. It, I know. This is for you all 25 year olds that keep saying that you're. You're, You're not old. old. Keep smoking. I know. <laughs> I, uh, oh, I that was would, really loud. I know. That was a bit much. Um, I would tell, like, you know, 
if somebody's in their 20s and they're like, I got to quit smoking. I'm like, just as long as you quit by 30. Yeah. And that's not medical advice. It just <laughs> makes them feel better no, in the moment. No, but you're right. I remember actually Allison Smith telling me that her dad, who's from England, always told her that. He, he says, you can smoke if you want. Just make sure you quit by your 30. But yeah. you know what? It sounds so easy. Like, oh, yeah, I'll quit when I'm 30. But yeah. that's the classic I'll quit right. next week thing. It's yeah. so easy to say that. And then, uh, you know what? You should never start smoking because then you have nothing to miss when you have to quit because you have to quit eventually. True. There, there was a nurse, actually. I was with Ron Jossel one night in Ottawa, and there was a nurse that said that. She's like, actually, well, she's not a doctor. What the fuck does she know? Um, what did she say, though? If you quit by 30, because after 30, that's when your lungs have a harder time recovering or whatever. But before then, it's it pretty much happens automatically. I've also heard that you can just, like, if you smoke, like, three a day or something, it's okay. Let's just all start smoking. Was it octane? <laughs> what was it? It's not some... If anybody knows the answer Octave. to that. Octave. Octave. No, I don't me, think me, that's me, quite me, right me, yet. Me. Is it still there? No, of course not. Well, of Oasis is. Of course not. Yeah, but Oasis. And so is Steffos. Yeah, but gay bars last forever. Yes. <laughs> no, really, really. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do. What's the, that one that's on Davy that's so funny? Pump Jack. They Pump never Jack. Got, it, it has expanded. No way. Yes. I went in there one time. You are not welcome in there as a woman. I went in there. Yeah, I know you did. And everyone hated you. I know. And they still talk about it. There's one in uh, Moncton, which is not a huge, that doesn't have a huge community, LGBTB community. And uh, it's been there for like 20 years and it's still. Where's this? Moncton. Huh? Triangle. Huh? Shout out to Triangle. Hey. That was, I don't know what that was. I apologize to all, all of our listeners. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. I know we've been all over the map in this um, pod. Uh, b- do you mind telling the story? Because we touched on your, your type 1 diabetes before. Mm-hmm. And what can happen if you, yep. if you don't regulate it and stuff. But you have a great story uh, about... What do you call it? Uh, when you A hypo- hypoglycemic episode? Right. Low blood sugar? Where you were like in your bed. And when you I almost died? Yeah. Yeah. Damon Do you Schroeder. mind telling that story? Because I love... Oh, yeah. Which one? The one where my neighbor called the ambulance or Damon Schroeder? Your neighbor. And yes. I just like what um, the end uh, where you talk about um, when the paramedic is coming and how you're actually conscious about... Oh, yeah, yeah. So, funny we should jump into that story. So, it was a gay pride weekend. Jay was in Europe with his mother and his son. And so I was at home and my, one of my very good friends who lived in Switzerland was home for gay pride and she's gay. And so we went out and she met a lady. So I went home alone, drunk, woke up in the morning. Uh, she came to get her stuff cause we were going to hang out and she's like, I'm going canoeing with my new girlfriend. <laughs> and so I woke up, injected my insulin and then passed out. And it hit me so fast and hard because the morning after you've been drinking as a diabetic, your liver's dealing with the alcohol and it's not paying attention to the carbohydrates. And I was like, I lay in my bed for like seven hours, like paralyzed, like I couldn't move my body and I was in and out of consciousness and I could see my window and I was like, I got to break this window. No one's ever going to find me. Jay's in Europe. Like, I'm going to be dead. And 
So what's the feeling like? Because you, you, you just can't move? You're just... You, I can't... I couldn't... I tried to use my phone. Um, and because you're also not like... Glucose takes messages to the brain. So when you're severely low, no messages... Things aren't making sense to me. I'm just lying in bed. Um, oh, God. I couldn't... Yeah, and it does happen if you're severely low. But what happens, because the human body is a beautiful thing, is your liver uh, stores glucose. And so probably right before I was going to die, my liver dumped, a, like my blood sugar had gone so low, my liver dumped a bunch of glucose into my bloodstream. So I literally was lying in bed, like now it's a 3.30 in the afternoon, and I heard a voice, might have been my cat, I heard a voice said, you have to get out of this bed or you're going to die. So I flopped, like I rolled over and I fell onto the ground and I couldn't stand up and I army crawled to the front door and oh my, God. my Crazy. it was open because my friend had just left and so it wasn't locked. If it was locked, I probably would have died because I couldn't reach it. But I reached the doorknob and I opened the door and I flopped into the hallway and I'm like, I'm soaking wet with sweat because I've been in, and I'm. It might have. I might have wet myself. I have no idea, right? Like I'm soaking wet. I hadn't taken my makeup off, so I'm lying face down in my soaking wet pajamas, and I oh see a set of feet in the hallway across my neighbors leaving for work, and so I just f- collapse into the hallway, like my head hits the ground, and I hear him say, "Oh my God, are you okay?" And I'm like lying face down, (laughs) like who exits? I'm just getting my mail, thank you. Yeah, (laughs) like who exits their apartment this way? I'm just looking for my uh, earring. I dropped it. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) like it's 3.45. Like I'm soaking wet. I'm in PJs. So I'm lying face down. And I remember I had been... What if you said you were good? Would you just left? Yeah, Yeah, I'm good. You got this? But I couldn't talk either. Like I was like, and I was... Because when I was crawling to the door, I was trying to call for help. And I was. it was more like... Nothing was working. I was like, hell. And so then he's like, are you okay? And he comes over to me and I'm like moaning sugar. Like I'm like, sugar, sugar. And he's like, what? I don't understand. And then he's like, what's your name? And and in my head, I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Call an ambulance. Like how, yeah. how much worse do I have to be? So... He's like, you know, and then fi- and then I start saying 911. I'm like, no, I'm like, you know, <laughs> trying to get this message Holy out to this fuck. guy that needs to be walked through this. <laughs> so I hear him on the phone to the ambulance uh, or to the paramedics. And he's like, I don't know. She's just I found her in the hallway. And and then he goes, I don't know, 25. And I was 29 at the time. And I remember just <laughs> lying there in like my own sweat and drool thinking, oh, he thinks I look 25. <laughs> <laughs> How flattering. Um, and so then uh, the paramedics finally showed up and like they couldn't even I they had to put like uh, the iv in my foot because i couldn't even find vein and like my blood sugar was so low and they were like do you have anyone to call and i didn't because jay and his mom were gone and i only really knew one person living downtown and they didn't answer their phone and so then the paramedics stayed with me for like an hour and a half and made me peanut butter sandwich and like just one of them not all of them (laughs) (laughs) hanging out in my and my apartment was such a mess i was so embarrassed um but yeah, that's when I almost died. I remember you telling uh, the story and you were like, 
when the paramedic came, you were conscious of, of your appearance. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, because I was face down and they rolled me over and it was like makeup everywhere. And I was like trying to put myself together. <laughs> That's so funny because I've heard that from other people, too. Like, you could literally be on death's door and you're like, yeah. oh, God, I look like crap. Like, oh, yeah. Well, I remember when my friend three years ago, my one of my best friends had a baby. And I remember running around. She, it was a home birth and... Like I'm running around freaking out because the baby's already coming out of her and the midwife wasn't there and the nurse wasn't there. And then I remember like I'm looking around the apartment and she had taken her underpants off in the bathroom and I grabbed them and I was like, oh, my God, she's going to be so embarrassed. Meanwhile, we all saw her vagina. Like, you know what I mean? Like I was like, I don't think the underwear was the most shocking thing I saw that day. Uh, How fast do you bounce back like if your neighbor would have understood you say sugar and he gave you a lifesaver or something oh, how fast do, do, does it do you, can, can you come back from that if if i get juice like um it's about 15 to 20 minutes but what happens after that it like because i was so low and then the adrenaline dump like if you've ever had like a true, true adrenaline dump where your body's trying to save itself, you get you get sick to your stomach, and it's that is a, a few hours to come. Like I was wiped out for the. You next must be day. drained. Yeah, you must. Yeah, be Yeah, like sp- I was just. I had to have a hot bath because I was fr- like I just started shaking and I was freezing cold and, um, and that was one of the things that made me get an insulin pump too because I was like, hey, this isn't really and that's changed your life right yeah Yeah, it's changed my life like since i've had it i've not had incidents where i've just my blood sugar doesn't drop that quickly and you obviously you test your you test your blood sugar regularly Mm -hmm. but doesn't the pump do that like does does it or do you control the insulin yeah uh so the pumps that they have in canada aren't a closed loop system and that's where they check your blood sugar and adjust accordingly and that's only in the uk right now and it's under trials so the insulin pump gives me a tiny bit of insulin every couple minutes to mimic what the pancreas does so your pancreas does the same thing that's called the basal rate and then whenever i eat i have to pump insulin for however many carbohydrates i eat so um yeah if if it's packaged food it's easy because i can look on the back and if it's not like in a restaurant, I just have to kind of guess how many carbohydrates are in it. And then I test like eight to 10 times a day. Yeah. Well, I'm glad uh, everything's good on that front. Um, okay, let's, should we do um, the thing? Yeah. You've, have you, do you know the segment? I think I know the segment. Nah. I think probably Jen has told you uh, before. But uh, here it is, listeners. We're going to do, uh, uh, I have a feeling it's going to be an epic one. Time now for another installment. Why? <clears throat> of Are You Mariah or Yoko? And now, Julian Dion presents Are You Mariah or Yoko? Where we find out from each of your celebrity guests is it vocal range or vocal strain? <laughs> Alright, there it is. That was me. <laughs> Uh, so Jen, um, would you please kindly explain to Erica and the listeners in a concise manner um, the premise of the old segment? Yes. Um, have you ever been listening to some music that you really enjoy, Erica, by yourself mm-hmm. and you've yep. got your earbuds in? Yep. And you got the music really blasting? Yeah. And you're singing along to it when you're by yourself? 
sometimes. And yeah. you're getting really into it, mm-hmm. and you think for sure I sound great because you. A couple are, times are I thought listening. I sound great. <laughs> you're listening to <laughs> the professional recording back in your ears, right? Yep. So that, but you think, oh, if I couldn't hear that, I'm sure like someone should It'd give me a record fine. deal right now. It would yeah. be fine. Um, well, we're gonna put that to the test. Um, you're gonna pick a song that you enjoy singing along to and i will sing the exact same song you can choose who goes first julian decides on the winner enthusiasm counts for a lot you don't have to be a good singer we have well there's my oh what do we do because this is the the song that i sang for the role that i landed in a hallmark movie as world's Hmm. worst karaoke singer okay (laughs) Which was Tiffany's I Think We're Alone Now. Oh, yeah. But I landed a role as the world's worst karaoke singer. <laughs> so you already know that I am not good at Tiffany. singing. I'm terrible at singing. And I had to... Um, we can do whatever you want. Or... I yeah. think that would be a good one. Well, or we're just the, the song I actually had to sing for the movie <laughs> was uh, Come Sail Away by Styx. Oh, it shit. was horrible horrible i had to sing it like a hundred times I well hate do you want to pick one that you think you might sound good at i like those two or no but i mean she yeah. was acting maybe <clears throat> now she can uh maybe i can do it you want me to go first i'll go first oh going first <laughs> okay Snap. all right Wait. confident get comfy. get comfy i'll okay. keep um tiffany i think you're alone yeah. now no i think that's good it's loud. Ready when you are. Erica Sigurdsson going up first. Are you Mariah or Yoko? Here we go. Hey. Oh, wait, wait, wait. That's what they say when we're together. <laughs> and watch wild youth play. <laughs> I love this game. They don't understand. <laughs> and so we're running just as fast as we can. <laughs> Holding on to one another's hands. <laughs> Trying to get away into the night And then you put your arms around me And we tumble to the ground And then you say I think we're alone now It's actually alone pretty good now. Yeah. Doesn't seem to be anyone around <laughs> I think we're alone now The beating of our hearts is the only sound Doot, 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 doot Yes Yes Isig that was uh, that was actually really. Oh my god, that was so funny. Okay, <laughs> I see what you mean about why it has to be so loud, so I can't hear myself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You were so funny because you like changed up the way you were like, Boo-hoo. like it's like changed the way you normally talk. <laughs> yeah, that's how you get that's singing. That's how you sing. That's your singing voice. I don't think I've ever really heard Erica sing sing. Okay. There you go. Talk yep. back to fall. You did pretty good. Yeah, that I, was, I think uh, you'll be surprised how good that was. That was a really good effort. First, um, okay, now Jen Grant, her retort, her rebuttal. <laughs> Tiffany, right. I think we're alone now. Ready when you are. Are you Mariah or Children Yoko? behave. Holy shit, spiking that's those levels. That's what they say when we're together. <laughs> Holy fuck, that's And loud. watch how you play. <laughs> They don't understand, and so we are attending just as fast as we can. <laughs> Holding on to one another's hand. Try to get away into the night, and then you put your arms around me, and you tumble to the ground, and then we say, I think we're alone now. Yeah, come on. Doesn't seem to be anyone around. <laughs> I think we're alone now. Beating of our hearts is the only sound. Yeah, perfect. Okay, that's good. Oh my god, okay. Yeah. 
All right. I don't care how that's that was so much fun. That's a great song. That is a really that's a feel good song. It's a good one. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was holy shit. That was good. You had some uh, in there. You yeah. had. I feel oh. the earth move <laughs> under my feet. Uh, wow. Okay. Well, since enthusiasm counts for a lot, I gotta say both very good. And I also have to add that this is the part of the job I hate. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, and I, I can't. I'm not here to make friends. Okay. Even though we already are. I'm here to lose friends. Okay. No, I'm going to have to... Um, this is a tough one. It's very close. I'm going to have to give it to Jen. Okay. <laughs> Erica is so competitive. So. You don't understand. You probably should just give it to Erica. So I'm the, the, the worst. <laughs> what about a tie? Okay. No, 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 We're no. both Scorpios. We're he very competitive. spoken. Look, I, again, both very good. You were on point. You were in the pocket. <laughs> And you brought different styles, which I like. Mm-hmm. Oh my I really, God, if you could see Erica's face right I now. really got a sense of you. <laughs> okay. All right. In the in the, in okay. the lyric, in Do the you performance. Feel alone now? But like if <laughs> constructive criticism, what would be better? Is it the dance moves? Because those should have counted. Not on a podcast. I realize they were wasted on a podcast. But I, I feel that I brought a certain Sense of my, myself, oh yeah, <laughs> a, some energy. I think the people at home will agree that they really got to know me during that. <laughs> the people at home. Oh no, like I said, you're you're you really came through on that song. Okay. You know, all right. We really got to know you in that short amount of time, more than we did in the interview. It's true, arguably. <laughs> all right, so that was yet another uh, one for the books installment of Are You Mariah or Yoko. <laughs> Um, Erica, Ricky, Ricky Siggs. Ricky Siggs in the house. Anything you would house. like to add or plug or talk about or say about me? No, no not really that last part, but okay. would you like to plug anything? Did you talk about my jokes that are up here? Oh, yeah. So I just did this wonderful comedy tour with talented fellow comedians, Jennifer Grant, not the singer, although, yes, the singer. Um, <laughs> Christina Walkinshaw and Rebecca Kohler. And we are going to have a CD coming out yeah. called My Jokes Are Up Here. Those are the so shows uh, I talked about on the podcast. That's right. The, the shows uh, in Ottawa. And the CD is going to be seventy nine ninety nine. but if you <laughs> enter promo code Lemon Press, you will get it for much cheaper. And it's $74.99. That's less than a dollar per joke. So you're making money on this, folks. You really, it's, you're you're this stupid a, if you don't get it. This is a brilliant CD though because it's, it gives you four different options of comics. So I'm surprised more comics don't do that actually, where it gives you twenty twenty minutes yeah, of each we're comic. We're trailblazing. Like, I think it's a great idea. It's gonna we're be the available Louis on iTunes. C.K. of Canadian comedy mm-hmm. CD making. Yeah. <laughs> so um, Twitter, Twitter, Erica underscore Sigurdsson. S-I-G-U-R-D-S-O-N. Erica with a C. I would love for you to come join me on my Twitter feed. Yeah, and Please Instagram join too. her. Instagram. Yeah. Same. Instagram is Erica Comic. Erica Comic. Yeah. Just Erica Comic? Just Erica oh. Comic. Why do you have different handles for Twitter and Insta? Well, because Twitter I joined years ago. Right. And I don't know. It's a good know. idea though, Erica Comic. Might as well. Like how many Ericas there's, are comics? Well, there's a 
Erica comic that is from, I don't know whose stomach that was, but that, that was, was mine. <laughs> delightful interruption of my train of thought. Um, there's a character from, that goes to all the comic cons, like she's on some sci-fi thing. Oh, right. And so she's also got a couple Erica comic. Mm. So every now, every now and then there's like a few people that come follow me on Instagram that are like, where's the costume? Have you ever, <laughs> have you ever done Erica comedian? No. I used to own ericacomic.com, but then the girl took it over. Bitch. Oh, no way. It's wow. my own fault. I didn't. Yeah, I you didn't can't let those it. go. I did not take Hoover seriously when they said hover, Hoover, hover. Don't know. It's who I bought my domain name through, and I don't know how to ever get it back from them. I go GoDaddy, even though the CEO is a piece of shit Ooh. and hunts giraffes and yeah. shit. Well, that's a wrap on the show. We've got right. a GoDaddy reference. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like them. Right? I know. Is it because of the CEO? Yeah. I know. He's and a, the commercials and just right. the whole thing. But they're so cheap. It's funny how but dinks I know. get all the You're right. They're pretty cheap about. all over the place. Yeah. You're right. Erica Sigurdsson, I can't thank you enough. I love you. Thank She's you for the doing the podcast. Thank you for having me, guys. Absolutely. She's the best. And um, anything else? Well, I'm, I have a personal CD of songs oh, yeah, coming out. Um on november 5th which is my birthday <laughs> it's just me singing happy birthday over and over and over again and that is also 79.99 79 perfect and again add lemon press uh promo code and you'll get is, it for 70 and 81 isn't your stage name for your music just so you can differentiate it is ricky Siggs, right ricky Siggs is my singing <laughs> oh my name. god i love ricky Siggs. i wish you could change your name to ricky Siggs. That could happen. Like, no, I love it so much. Should I tw- change my Twitter handle to Ricky Six? I actually think you should. <laughs> like, it's really great. But didn't the guy spell Ricky with K's? I don't know. Who was it? I don't know. It's a Twitter follower that called me Ricky Six, but I think like it was... Like with yeah, K's? Right. Like more than one K? R-I-K-K-I. I love that spelling, too. And I think he added another G. No. R- R-I-K-K-I. R-I-K-K-I. That's pretty I good. I like that. Well, but like, isn't there a store called Ricky, but it's like R-I-C-K-I? Ricky's, the store in the mm-hmm. mall? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there is a store called Ricky's. And for a brief amount of time, before we go real quick, uh, my friends tried to make Ricky stick as a nickname for me, Erica Ricky, and it wa- lasted about one month. And this guy's brought it back. Oh, my God. I love it. Okay. Like, I love it so much. Was it Octane? No. I don't know. All right. Fuck. Thanks again, Erica. Thank you, Jen Grant, for sitting in. Uh, this has been good. This has been a good Happy segment. Birthday, this is going to be an episode. Happy birthday, Julian. Thank you very much. And um, yeah, that's it. Thank you so much. And watch your head. Waste of time. And there it is. Another one in the books. Thanks to my guest, Erica Sigurdsson. That was a great time great chat very funny Ari Mariah or Yoko segment thanks to Jen Grant for setting in on that thanks to you for listening thank you for all the birthday wishes over the weekend had a good one and thank you I already said that hey like the Facebook group facebook.com slash JD comedy hour like on Twitter and Instagram at JD comedy hour email the show pod at JD comedy Thanks to Miles Lacroix, sound engineer, producer Adam Fox, and a million times, thank you one more time, Erica Sigurdsson, everybody. And as always, what is this, a live show? As always, watch your head. In the shadow, walking backwards down the street, the landing's bitter, but the fallen is all so sweet. It's just a waste of time. 
this has been a good segment. Happy this is going to be an episode. Happy birthday, Julian. Thank you very much. And um, yeah, that's it. Thank you so much. And watch your head. I will. And um, could you do for me a short monologue? Oh, that was loud. Uh, hey, everybody. A bumper. Hey, everybody. This is Erica Sigurdsson, Beat, because that's, I edit the names usually and then put them all okay. together. Hey, everybody. This is Erica Sigurdsson, and you're listening to the Julian Dion Comedy Hour podcast. Also known as Ricky Sigs, please. Okay. Hey, everybody. This is Erica Sigurdsson, a.k.a. Ricky Sigs, and you're listening to the Julian Dion Comedy Hour. Perfect. Wow, she's pretty done. good. Oh, profesh. One time. Oh my gosh. One take Can you ten. That? Mm-hmm. that was a great episode, E6. Ricky Six. <laughs>